The Posing Podcast, the industry-leading source for posing, news, interviews, and so much more. And welcome to The Posing Podcast. It is Caitlin, one of your hosts. And Beck. Hello. Welcome, Caitlin, back. Thank you. How was your trip? It was good. It was very short. Um, oh, for everyone listening, I went over to the UK to see uh, my partner's family. Um, and we were literally on the ground for a week. Um, so it was about 10 days in total, including travel. But we were there. We got in. We got out. We saw everyone. We went around, um, you know, England for a little bit and then headed home. And now I'm now I'm back. Welcome yeah. back. I missed you. Thank you. I did two lonesome ones sitting here by myself. I listened to them. Thank you. It was very awkward. Quinn, Quinn who's the editor mm. of these podcasts, was like, you took some really long, weird pauses. And I was like, that's because I was thinking. You need somebody to talk to. I do. Well, um, I missed you. Welcome oh, back. Thank you. I miss being on this podcast. It's nice to chit chat about it. And, you know, I love talking about the industry. Um well, for this particular episode, um, we actually have a listener Q&A episode Woo! planned for everyone, which is really exciting because I know you guys have loads of questions and we are here to answer them. Um, but Beck, should we just roll into questions or is... Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of these questions I'm going to direct at you because they are specifically posing questions, hence the posing, um, yeah. you know, the posing podcast. But this first question is, when should you start posing? As soon as you decide to do a show. Yeah, completely. I agree. I think even if your shape changes, um, the posing coach should be able to adapt the poses as your shape is kind of changing. But it's more about the fundamentals of just getting into heels or if you're not getting heels, just getting used to looking at yourself in the mirror. So I think as soon as you're like, okay, I'm going to do a show, do a posing lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like go find you know, a posing coach either locally or us, um, yeah. if you're or online. just start posing. Yeah. Like do it yourself. You can find YouTube videos. Like mm-hmm. that's actually how I started is mm-hmm. I looked up a couple of YouTube videos. Do the posing school course. Yep. There's the posing school course as well. Um, and then, you know, as you, you're like, give it a go and then go find a posing coach, um, who can help, you know, tweak your posing. Exactly. But Exactly. The sooner the better. The m- sooner the better. Kind of the more time you can spend in, in those heels, the better. Yeah. And then it just more the more comfortable you are as well with your own physique. Yeah. And getting out of your own head. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'll move on to this next question, which is kind of similar, which is how much do the right posing heels matter? Oh, a lot. A lot. Mm. Um, different federations need different shoes. Um, I will say that... The biggest thing, like everyone says, oh, do I need to have the glitz and the glam, like the sparkle ones, or should I have the higher one or should I have the lower one, you know, like a four-inch heel or a five-inch heel? Do I need a platform? Do I not need a platform? Um, My first answer is you need to be able to walk in them. Mm. If you can't walk in them, you're going to look retarded, so you may as well if you feel more. If you can't walk in higher heels, don't wear them. Wear the smaller ones. Uh, If your posing requires you to put your foot on the toe, then you need to make sure you can do that. And sometimes the high heel has a different arch and you won't be able to. Or sometimes the platform is quite thick at the like underneath the, the um, ball of the foot. Um, and so you can't actually get your foot on the toe. So then if you've got really high platforms, like what we think of pole dancing shoes, you know, like they've yeah. got that really thick yeah. platform. Um, 
then I'm like, get rid of them. But then with saying that with WBFF, sometimes having a really good platform is nice because we're able to do spins. You're able to like slink your foot around, Mm. whereas it's a little bit harder to do that in, you know, heels without a big platform. Yeah. Um, And then obviously there's just different ones on the market. We've got the shoe fairy that have soft plastic. Um, I always say to like, depends how confident you are in heels. um, Pick, if you're not very confident, pick something with an ankle strap almost always. Um, for that extra stability but if you're yeah. somebody who's quite confident walking heels a mule can look nice or a double strap yeah. like we've got on the website yeah. you can p- pretty much pick anything um, and I think you know for a first timer as long as you get heels that fit your category and your federation it's yeah. pretty much anything is fine yeah then I think if you're more at an advanced level you can play around with different like heel heights yeah like I noticed that when I like pose in shorter heels versus taller heels it definitely changes my leg shape but I feel like that's like the 0.1 yeah. percent changes it's so funny do you know I often get clients that they go to me will the clear heel rather than the bling so rather mm. than like ones that have um rhinestones or diamantes mm. on it will the clear ones make my legs look longer and I'm like I actually am like I don't think you quite understand. Like the judges are literally so fast in the judging. Yeah. That I don't even stare at these girls' shoes or guys. Like you know, I don't I look at their foot, their feet. I'm too busy looking at their glutes or yeah. You know, and I think that the the judges probably WBFF is different because it's fashion, so they definitely look at your feet because it's all about a like an outfit. But I think when it comes to the other federations, like. The heels matter, but not that much. Not like they that do, much. You, you just got to be able to wear walk, them. Yeah. yeah, walk in them and pose in them. Exactly. Okay, I will move on to the next question, which is uh, what should I look for before picking a posing coach? Client results. Yeah? I think client results speak volumes. Hmm. Um, message, like message the clients, ask them their honest opinion. Um, rather than just like reading the testimonials, if you can find them on Instagram, like these days you can stalk anyone, message them, hey, how was that person? What did you find them like? Um, because they will usually give them an honest response. Um, and at the end of the day, you're hiring a coach that hopefully has, you know, some client results with it. Like, I, you know, I get it, everyone starts somewhere and I started somewhere. Um, and you start small and then you get just slowly get results. That would be my number one thing is like look for look for a coach that has testimonials or that has done it before. Um, if you are going to a new person, have a look at their own posing, have a look at their communication methods I think are really big. Mm. Um, the Their affiliations with federations as well. How educated are they with that federation? So it's sometimes, you know, some coaches will – maybe say like oh yeah I definitely know ICN posing and they don't and they just want to get a customer like a client they just want money Mm. so I totally get coaches have to start somewhere but if you are looking for the best posing coach maybe getting someone that's a beginner is not the right one for you if that makes sense Mm. that would be my that would be my like big things what about you I think yeah a big one is of course results see who yeah, you know, see who's putting up good posing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you go to a show and you love somebody's posing and they really stand out and you're like, you know what, I really loved what they did, go go stalk them, go find out who their posing coach is. Um, yeah, go 
ask their clients about what you thought of them. Um, because I do think, you know, with something like posing, communication is very, very important. Like um, mm. I've had the pleasure of working with multiple posing coaches who all communicate um, very differently and it matters. It yeah. does. Um, because at the end of the day, if they're online or if they're in person, they need to be able to instruct you in a way that works for you. And not every posing coach suits every person. And mm-hmm. that is fine. That That's like, honestly, the same way in like, you're, you know, you get a coach, not every coach is going to fit you. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of fine to shop around. Um, but yeah, look for results, talk to their clients. Um, ultimately, you are paying for a service and you want quality from that service. Yeah. And yeah. they're not cheap. Posing coaches aren't cheap. No. I'm not cheap. <laughs> no. What was my communication like? Did you like my communication yeah, style? I did like your Okay, thank you. Just... Well, you know, I've stuck around. So we're oh, doing yeah, okay. that's okay. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> um. I think this is another nice relevant question just to roll right into, which is, do you think there are too many posing coaches mm. in the industry? Because look, yeah. I'm, I will kick this one off and say, to be honest, I feel like it's a trend. It, it is a trend. Mm. It is posing coaching yeah. is becoming way more popular. And, um, some people are great at it. Some new coaches, you see them, they're really good. Mm-hmm. You're like, yep, they're talented, wonderful, great. Other times you see people, they win a couple of medals and they go, I can be a posing coach, which don't get me wrong. They might be able to, but no, not always. Yeah. yeah what do you think? Um, one, I, I love that people are wanting to do it mm. because I became a posing coach because literally there was Amy Fox and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so when I wanted a posing coach, I didn't like, there was no one that there wasn't a variety of people that I could shop around. I didn't have the luxury of that. Um, so I love the fact that people are acknowledging it as a profession Mm. Um, do I think that people do it because it's maybe they think it's easy money? Yes. Mm. Um, do I like the one thing that I've noticed, um, especially in the past couple of years, they don't last. Mm. They do it as a trend. It fads out because they don't have the passion. Um, and it's not just about knowing how to pose. It's actually about understanding all different personalities and insecurities and then dealing with prep brains on top of that. And then actually helping that athlete do it. Mm. It's, a, it's, it's a whole nother ball game. And I learned that just from clients. I think when I first started, I was like, yeah, this is going to be easy. And definitely it's not. And I'm still learning. I think that's what's amazing about it. Um, so I d- definitely think that there are – it's definitely a trend. Yeah. It's definitely a trend. Um, I don't necessarily think there's too many out there. There's definitely some that unfortunately they just don't know enough. Um, they're not willing to learn. And I think that they're faking that they know. And what saddens me with that is that then women will have really bad experiences. They'll have really bad stage experiences and they'll hate bodybuilding and then they'll never do it again. And then that puts, you know, if that keeps happening, less and less people will compete and then I'll be like, we'll be out of a job. Mm. So, you know, that that's then the onus is then goes back on the individual. And if you are a new posing coach that is thinking of doing it, learn, get mentors. Um, don't like focus on one thing. I remember when I first started, I just focused on bikini sports and fitness and just ICN. That's all I did. And then like slowly, as I got better, I remember I got my first figure competitor and I was like, oh my gosh, I have a figure woman. How am I going to do this? And then we just did it and she ended up winning and I was like, okay, well, 
I think I know I think I know what I'm doing and then another figure girl will come in with a completely different shape and you're like oh shit <laughs> um but yeah I think if you've got the if you've got the passion you'll last because you had a couple of because just um you talked about get a mentor you had a couple of mentors mm-hmm. yeah I sure did like Amy was an amazing mentor and she was she basically said um you know I'll support you in whatever you want to do um, but just be willing to learn. And then um, another federation president, he said to me, he was like, Beck, people are going to probably have their like nose screwed up at what you're doing because it's an, a brilliant idea and it's amazing and no one's done it because um, this was you know a couple of years ago. Stay in your own lane, keep your head down and get really good results. And that really stuck with me because like, I always said, like, well, how am I going to get clients? Like, How am I actually going to get clients? And we know I've actually never had an issue with getting clients Mm. which has been a really blessing in disguise like I'm so blessed for that um so yeah that would be my always be a learner but gotta have the passion otherwise they're gonna phase out yeah I think that's also just in general like yeah you can be a fantastic athlete you can be a fantastic poser um that does not necessarily mean you'll be a fantastic coach agreed and that can apply whether you're a posing coach, whether you're a um, you know, a nutrition coach, trainer, whatever. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes people mix the two up. Yeah, definite, definitely. Yeah. Because I would say probably I'm the best coach at WBFF posing, like out of all the federations. Yeah. That's, and I've never competed in WBFF, ever. Mm. Um. I have a dancing background, so that's why, I think. Yeah. And I love it. It's super creative, but that's because I love it. Mm. Um, if I didn't like that, I don't think I'd necessarily be as good. Um, but then it also goes back to, and I'll, then we can move on to the next question, is like it depends what kind of posing coach you want to be. If what do you, you want to just teach the same routine over and over and over again, cool, just do that. But own it, you know, like don't go, I'm going to customize everything. Just like say, for example, it's ICN quarter turns. Mm. Just teach the same thing over and over and over again and just be the most amazing coach teaching women how to do it. IFBB, you can be creative, but you can be really simple. Front into back pose and then back to the front. Um, and just own own that if that's what you enjoy kind of thing. Mm. So, And then it goes back to the individual. What are they looking for? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll roll on to the next question, um, which is, I think I'll direct this one straight at you. I can't get my lats out. Any yeah. tips? Yeah. This is probably the number one question that I get all the time. My, because this is an audio, this is a podcast, I can't <laughs> show you what to do. But my best tip with this is that if you're trying to get your lats out, especially in your like back pose, um, a lot of you are doing that or in your front pose, um, try and do your back pose for example facing the mirror so you can actually see your lats um a a simple thing is to describe is basically imagine that you're doing a lat pull down so Mm. like standing normally doing a lat pull down having a look and seeing your lats engage in uh, in the mirror and then slowly bringing your arms down to the side like out to the corner sorry not like tucked behind and see if you can keep them out there Mm. um so many other different ones. If anyone's had a lesson with me, you'll know I like to do a secret like bicep. Show me your biceps. Yeah. And then that usually gets them out. Um, there are so many things, but doing it in front of the mirror so you can actually see the lat. And I would say 50% of my clients don't do a lat pull down properly. 
Yeah, you're yeah. like they show you and you're like, what is that? I'm like, exactly. I'm like, okay, just imagine you're doing a lap pull down. I'm like, that, what that is, that? is <laughs> not because they're completely like their scapula and their rhomboids are just completely like tucking in. And I'm like, that is not your lats. Like, what are you doing? Mm. Um, and I think that it's really about mind to muscle connection mm. with the lats. And then once you get them out, because I never could, I never could get mine out ever. I always have like this chicken wing. Mm. And my posing coach at the time was like, get rid of this chicken wing. And I'm like, I don't know how. And then once I kind of learned how to do it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's a no brainer. And then a lot of the time it's a, um, like it's a physical thing. So they might, like a, sorry, like a muscle or a, um, like a muscle might be stuck, a tension thing, there could be a knot. So sometimes as well, it's like, you've got to go and get that sorted before you can get them out. That would be my best tip. Yeah. I don't really have any tips for this because I feel like... Because <laughs> you have gigantic lats and they're already out. <laughs> this is the, the one... It's ironic that it's the one body part I feel like I don't struggle with. Um, they're beautiful. I could fly away. They're huge. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll keep on rolling on, which is... I like this question, which is, if you could go back to your first show or prep, what would you tell your younger self? I think this is a great question for first timers as well. Yeah. You go first. Oh, my first show, my first prep. Um what would I tell my younger self? Um, expect to dig deeper and harder than you thought you had to. Yeah. I think that's so true for you too. <laughs> I, I had to dig much harder and deeper than I thought I needed to. Um, and that was a little bit of a rude shock for me. Yeah. I loved it of course in the end. Um, but yeah, I think, that's what I would have told myself is probably just, you know, Caitlin, you're going to have to go much harder than you think you're going to have to. Yeah. And I think for a lot of first timers, they don't realize how hard it can be yeah. um, or, you know, how hard, love will, how hard it will get. Like you can love it. And like, I, I always say bodybuilding is such a wonderful lifestyle, but it it's also has huge challenges. It's okay to acknowledge that it's tough. Yeah. It's often tougher than people think it is yeah um yeah I definitely think as well when people come like they think they're lean mm-hmm. they got another three or four kilos to yeah. lose like it sucks right because a normal person's like oh you're small and you're like no 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 I have to basically you need to see my insides yeah and you don't realize that as a normal person until you get to that point like actually the other day I was looking back at my photos when I was like, you know, in my peak weeks and things like that. I was like, boy, give that, give that girl a hamburger. <laughs> like she was tiny, yeah. tiny. Um, you don't realize how, how little you have to get. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then you look back at it and you're like, what? <laughs> what? I was so little. Yeah. Um, I would probably tell my younger self, my younger, like my first competitor self is mm. that, Go all in and don't leave anything unturned. Like don't leave any stone unturned because I think when you're doing your first prep, you don't really realize what you have to do as you kind of, that Mm. goes onto yours. And so you might have an extra lick of a spoon and you might have a chocolate here and there. You might fuck up. You might, you know, have a Freddo or like have some kind of chocolate or go under your steps a thousand one day or two, two thousand each day. And, when I, the one question that really changed me was if I were to step on stage and come last, would I feel like I've done everything to get to this point? And that was the biggest difference between my first prep and the second prep. Because the second prep, I was like, 
I'm going to do everything I need to do. I'm going to follow everything that my coach says to a T. I'm going to not have an extra lick of anything or one gram. And so when I, I remember being backstage, I was just like, no matter what happens, I don't give a shit because I feel so good. And as in, you know, I was just so proud of myself and I ended up winning because I actually think that it correlated with how I felt on stage because mm. everyone was so shit scared. Um, so I think that would be what I would tell my first self is like, cause I definitely didn't really understand. Yeah. You don't do but That's like, I, how could yeah. you understand? Yeah. How, how could you understand on your first prep? Like what to expect? Have a really good coach that like tells you everything. Yeah. Well, actually, funnily enough, I give um, but all my clients, but when we start prep, I give them like a bit of a, a scare talk. Like literally, <laughs> it's like, look, this is what you can expect. Obviously, it's going to feel different in person like when you actually do it. But I was like, these are what this, these are the like, not like symptoms, but essentially like, you know, what to expect in terms yeah. of tiredness, you know, fatigue, sleep, um, appetite you know food focus things like that yeah um it'll change your relationship with food forever it does and yeah. i think that's one thing i like to tell newbies it's mm. like if you have any kind of weird eating patterns or eating behavior please do not do a competition because it's only going to make it so much worse yeah because you'll never ever ever look at food the same yeah comp- in your whole entire life comp prep is not a weight loss journey yeah it's really not it's not because it's just not just do a photo shoot yeah just go do a photo shoot get like good lean but not like crazy lean yeah love it um i will move into the next one which is um sorry i'm looking at like we've got like a couple of questions here um i want to this is a slight change i guess of topic which is um what division would you like Oy. to see change and why? You're, you're going, oh, because you know, you know exactly what. So what division do you, would you like to see change and why? And you and I have had a side. We've had, we've had a side. You, you can answer this because you're okay. more passionate about it than I am. But I'm passionate about it, but you're like super passionate super about passionate it. Super passionate about it, which is women's physique. Yeah. I feel like women's physique, um, so the big girls, yeah. has a bit of an image problem um, in the sense that like you'll see – uh, like beautiful muscular ladies um, who, you know, are struggling with looking feminine, I think. Yeah, we need to, we need to make that division. It's, it's like we just need to bring it back, to, like what figure did. Like yeah. figure got an overhaul and women started doing transitions in figure and it was so beautiful and hair flicks. Um, and I think we feel, I feel like we still need to do that in physique we haven't caught up yet and physique is incredible i think it's such an incredible division like it's truly you know these women yeah they have floor routines yeah they're like they're gigantic like like for they're compared to like me a tiny bikini competitor but like they're amazing they're muscled they're shredded and i feel like almost as a category maybe they don't get the um the respect they deserve and also like just the look as well you know I think you know people were really scared of figure for a while so it moved to bikini and now figures become quite beautiful and wonderful and I'd love to see I guess women's physique be given the same you know I can't think of the right word other than like chutzpah yeah you know like the same glow up yeah I yeah. agree yeah. I agree let's yeah. do that okay neck minute Caitlin's gonna compete I'll compete in <laughs> women's women's <laughs> physique I'd be keen to see like you know and it was wonderful to see in season um, season A th- to have like a full women's physique lineup. 
that was really cool. Yeah, it was really nice. And I'd love to encourage, you know, more women to like who are sort of maybe in that gap between figure and physique or even wellness. Yeah, because there's lots of wellness athletes that actually I, in my personal opinion, should do physique and then probably do better. Yeah. And I think, you know, they're scared of doing physique because it's it, got the label. Yeah, because right? it looks manly, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, let's make let's make it pretty. Let's make it pretty. Um, okay. Uh, what do you think of the men's physique weight caps and and classic physiques? I I I think it's great. Yeah, I do think it's great because it um it just means that the federate like so the this it means that the federation won't let the division spiral out of control mm. and. It's always like, who's big, who's big, who's big? Like, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Or, you know, I I, I think it's great. What do you value? Yeah. I think it's about, you know, bringing it back again to the criteria. Because, yeah. um, you know, at the end of the day, we, we have men's bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. But, you know, men's physique and men's classic should not be bodybuilders in trunks or bodybuilders yeah. in board shorts. They should be very different physiques and very different looks. Yeah. And I think sometimes when the guys start getting really huge, it starts kind of, it's like, oh, this classic competitor, could he just be a bodybuilder if he posed a little bit yes. differently? When we want him to look like a classic competitor. Yes. Um, so I think it's, overall, I think it's a positive thing. Like I'd be, I'm curious to see how, I would love actually the perspective, I think, of a male competitor to see if like, they're a bit bummed about it if they feel like yeah. they're struggling. I actually know a classic physique competitor and it actually means that he can gain like a little bit more muscle. Ooh, that's yeah. exciting for him. I'm just going to cough, by the way. I'm not going <laughs> to <coughs> – sorry. Cough break. Cough break. <clears throat> yeah, I would – I'm wondering how many how many guys are affected by it in like – mm. if they're like, oh, shit. Well, maybe it'll force them to bump up. Yeah, will they go – do they have to get bigger? Do they have to get smaller? Yeah. Like, I'm it, excited. It would be quite challenging if you were at the top of your weight cap um, yeah. and like you just had to, I don't know, like put on a tiny bit of muscle here and there, but yeah. you have to be so careful. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, what is the hardest bodybuilding category? Ooh, the hardest? Mm. Wellness. Why do you say that? Why do you say wellness? Because it's a very hard criteria to tick all the boxes. Soft yeah. up top, fuller down bottom, big glutes, big quads, big hamstrings. Mm. Really hard. Really hard. Yeah. Do you think it's more like, you, <coughs> like you've got to be genetically blessed maybe more so than other categories? Yeah. Like. Yeah, or just tailored. You've got to have completely tailored your program, like yeah. your training program and your food and have a and it's a very specific body type specific specific (laughs) um and it's usually not one that most women want to walk around in in everyday life Mm. if they're not genetically bottom heavy yeah it's you know it's not most people want to be symmetrical yeah um and i would say it's the it's the hardest to get right Mm. that's why because everyone comes in with you know cap delts um and again, then they should do, in my opinion, probably physique. Yeah. Because um, usually they're a little bit more like nuggety, so mm. they're not so figure. Yeah. With the beautiful lats and the small waist. Um, so that would be my opinion. What about you? Um, actually, I, I have another question, but I'll yeah. save it for a second. But um, I, I reckon 
I'm going to say actually women's figure is probably, oh, physique, figure. I'm going to go with figure, like just because it's slightly more popular. Um, Especially I would say women's natural figure because these women are often stepping on stage with like practically striated glutes. Yeah, it's hard. And like if you're comparatively, if you're looking at men getting that lean, they're already starting at a lower body fat set, you know, set point. Yeah. And women, we walk around with more body fat. And so to see women get that shredded um, to that low level of body fat, to me, that is the most impressive, I think. And then, you know, obviously some uh, federations will have, what is it like? Uh, classic figure and then what's the what's not classic figure it's the figure um, international yeah it's like there's the two types of figure I really should know this there's figure international for most of them mm. which is just usually the quarter turns and then there's and then there's normal figure which yeah. is figure with the mandatories yeah okay that's what I think so there's one that's judged on symmetry yeah and then there's one that's judged on symmetry and mandatories which are like front double bicep all of that mm. kind of stuff yeah Okay, yeah. good to know. Other federations, like, sometimes they have, like, figure toned and, mm. like, the NABBA. NABBA has different ones, um, but that's rare. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, figure would be mine. Cool. But my question to you, actually, yeah. is, uh, okay, so say somebody thinks they're a wellness competitor, but they're probably a physique competitor. What would you say is, like, the physique differentiation between the two? You, you'd be like, hey, if you've got this body part or if you think you look more like this, you should probably just move up. Their muscle maturity and their muscle bellies. Mm-hmm. So like if and, – and and their passion for training, mm-hmm. what they like to do. So – and and the, the rate that they can gain muscle. So if they love training and they want to go balls to the wall with their upper body and lower body and they don't want to hold back and just do, you know, five days of lower body and they're kind of on that edge where their upper body is getting quite jacked, it's like, man, just take it – take an off season even just for six months go balls to the wall with your training and you'll probably actually end up quite balanced Mm. um that would be mine what about like their waist like for for, because you know some women are don't have like a a little tiny waist if Mm -hmm. they're a bit more of the blockier side you can change your waist Mm. with training monica's a very good example Mm. of how that completely changed um so you can change your waist. It's not too late if it is a bit blockier. Um, but if you don't want to t- change your training for it, I'm like, go up, yeah. go up, um, if that kind of makes sense. So I would say – and it's got to fit into your lifestyle because at the end of the day, bodybuilding should should be a lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we'll call that as the last question. Yeah. And what, what are your – we have to end on our famous ending. Um, oh, what, what's one thing you want to achieve this week? Yeah. Oh, um, one thing I want to achieve this week is I have an assignment due next week, so I'm going to get it done this weekend. You study nerd. Because I am cramming, yeah, kind I of. That's so, I love it. I love that you're doing that, but I don't know how you do that. Uh, I'm the silly woman who decided to do full-time work and two qualifications because I'm apparently I just love one qualification is not enough I finished I finished one of them oh, yeah I was very I finished one last week so now I've got to congratulations thank you so I've got to finish one this coming weekend so yeah that's good yeah well you're gonna get it done you're thank you smash it what about you what are you um, gonna achieve one thing that I'm gonna achieve this week <sighs> I'm gonna do a little bit more content mm. yeah so I'm gonna just like record <laughs> probably 
probably not post for another six months. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm going to record a lot more um, content. I've been wanting to do it for some time, just like all my tips and tricks and little like hidden stuff that I know that can be really helpful that usually goes quite viral. Um, so I'm going to film that. I'm super excited to do that. So that's one thing I want to achieve this week because it's always in like the too hard basket. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a pleasure having you back. Thank you. I am glad to be back and I will stay back. Thank you. <laughs> stay back. Stay back. Yeah. Um, and please, darling listeners, if you like this, please like us, please share it, please follow this podcast. Um, send us a message. We love it. We do it as a hobby. Um, but yeah, we just really love your support and we do it for you. Thank you and have a great day. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.